F the Cowboys, F all the rest of the East, but, you know, go Birds. Well, hello everyone and good evening. Yeah, this is not Liam speaking, this is Phil uh, taking the helm for this episode. Liam is not feeling well. Suspicious timing, I know, guys. It is our first losing pod of the season. It's a, it's a strange feeling, Mick, um, having a losing pod for a change, but Liam's conspicuous by his absence. Yeah, who'd have thought? Uh, Liam um, disappears during the losing pod. He's made up some phony excuse. I'm not buying it. I know you're not buying it. So, um, ah, nah. We, we wish him well. We'll see him next week, probably. He's a he's a trooper. Yeah, I know he has suffered, but he, he's out in Philadelphia next week as well. So uh, he'll be enjoying himself soon, very soon, and rubbing our noses in it. So, yeah, no, he's actually forward to. Yeah, he's absolutely. Yeah, he is. It is a genuine illness, guys. He's a. Uh, He's had a couple of visits to to the doctors, and uh, so we uh, we do believe him on this occasion. We'll we'll look for the sick night at a later date. But yeah, he's off to he's off to the the Green Bay game in a, in a couple of weeks. So I hope that um, or in a, yeah, in a, just over a week. So I think um, hopefully he'll be uh, nice and repaired for when when that comes around. No one wishes a wishes a bad bad illness when you're about to go on holiday. It's like the worst thing ever. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um from my perspective not really a lot's happening these days but i was saying to mick before the uh before the pod started i've, I've been tasked with organizing my works christmas day the guy has asked me to do it lastminute.com scrambled found a place then suddenly tells me that he's not going to make it anyway so now i feel like i've proper been left with egg in my face here mick i feel like i've been proper stitched up it's absolutely ridiculous did you book your strippers eh? Oh uh, yeah, well, luckily I've got a refundable deposit on them, but um, nah, oh, it's just one of those things. It's like, come on, man, like, no, I don't even want to do this, but hey, here we are. Anyway, enough about Christmas dues and that. Let's get into the let's get into the bones of the matter. There's been a couple of uh, recent additions. Um, most recently, is about a couple of hours ago, Mick. Um, Linville Joseph, formerly of formerly a second round pick of the Giants, had a couple of years at the uh, at the Chargers, a couple of times Pro Bowler. Sort of not not great stats in recent years. Obviously, he's not really played for for just over a year. Um, what's your sort of take on the on the Joseph sort of a pickup from from free agency? Well, I mean, we need all the help we can get, don't we? Um, especially in the run game. So Linville Joseph, he's, he's a nose tackle. He's he's a guy that's going to predominantly take the A gap. Um, and just eat up space, the sort of what we were sort of looking for Jordan Davis to do, the sort of thing that half the player, <laughs> half the interior lineman that we've got just now can't seem to do is stop the stop the damn run, um, which we'll, we're definitely going to go on to um, as part of the the good, bad, and damn right sexy of of the um, the loss to Washington Commanders. Um, Spoiler alert. But, <laughs> Spoiler alert, we lost that game. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a good pickup. Um, it's fairly risk-free. I, I, I take it we're probably not paying him very much, probably the vet minimum at this stage. Um, and if he can come in, take some take some snaps off of 
uh, some of the, the guys that are already wheezing away in the defensive interior. You know, Hargrave is playing a lot of snaps just now. Fletcher Cox is playing a lot of snaps just now. We've just lost Tupelotu uh, to IR. Um, whether that's a good or bad thing, I'm not quite sure. Um, and uh, Jordan Davis is obviously on IR as well. So we're fairly depleted on that line. And how he had to do something, what did he do? He went out and got a nose tackle. Um, a pretty meaty guy. So, looking forward to see what Joseph can do. I hear that he's taking the number 72 jersey. If that's breaking news to you, I don't know. But I did not know that, no. Is that a special number? Or am I going to show up my ignorance here? Um, I, can't, I don't know. You put no. me on the spot. I've no idea. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought you were raising it up for something like that. Was there a special number in Eagles history that I was going to show up and show how little I know about proper Eagles history? But um, So, basically, what you're saying is, we picked up a guy to just sit in one place and just stop the guy running through him. A bit like what, on a very simple terms, what, what Jordan Davis was there for, obviously, just to sort of limit the amount of times that we get sort of run through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. I think there's, there's nothing more than that. It's, it's not the fanciest move. I mean, you, the guy was a free agent for a reason. It's, it's, it's not like, you know, it's... it's it's past the post trade deadline. Every team in the in the league's had a chance to pick him up if they really wanted to. It's, yeah. I mean, we can't just be sitting here and be like, "Oh, we've, we've made special moves for special guys and making a Super Bowl run because of these pickups." We're we're, we're replacing them for for a clear need that we've got just now, but it's nothing more than that. Yeah. So, and I've seen recently, as a couple of hours ago, hours ago, we've picked up and. Damakung Su from the, uh, well, previously of the Bucks, obviously another free agent, um, le- uh, released by or left the Bucks as recently as the end of last season. Slightly more sort of stellar addition. Uh, 27 tackles, 13 QB hits last season, three times all pro, five times pro bowler, but he is 35 years old. And obviously, like you, like you mentioned about Joseph, wasn't wasn't picked up. So there's obviously the concern about is he uh, is he past his best? Is he going to come in? Is he going to be the player that we that we remember him as? Um, there's always going to be a bit of a drop off, obviously. But two 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 pickups that have obviously trying to address a couple of specific needs due to injuries and stuff like that. But together, do you think they're going to be enough to sort of you know put a band aid on the on the Jordan Davis wound for the Eagles? I hope so. It really has to be. Um, that's that's what these guys are being paid to come in and do. A couple of three hundred plus pounders to just set and anchor that uh, interior defensive line. Um, I know. He, I mean, he was playing. He was a star for the Bucks last year, wasn't he? In twenty twenty one, he. Play, I'm sure. I am sure he played against us in the wild card round when we went out in the playoffs. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think, like I said, it feels like a bit more of a sort of impact signing. Liverpool Joseph is probably more of a picking up what you can, hoping that he's still got some of what he used to have, whereas Sir should probably have something still going after the after sort of winning the Super Bowl with the Bucks and having a couple of good seasons. Um, yeah, he's got the higher pedigree, doesn't he? He's just... Yeah. It seems like a good fit as well. They were saying on social media and the sort of beat writers and all that that he wanted to come to Philadelphia. Um, it wasn't like the case of Philadelphia 
calling him up, um, scrambling, how he's sweating by his phone, looking for defensive tackles to to, um, to bring in. Um, it looked like it was something that was maybe on the cards anyway. Um, and that's who had offered his services to the Eagles. And maybe we thought at, at a certain time, thanks, but we don't really need you just at the moment anyway. But, you know, we'll keep you on speed dial just in case the inevitable happens. And the inevitable has, has now happened. Um, and we need them to come in, throw up the bat signal. It's Sue swooping in to, to save our run game. <laughs> Sit fridge Batman or something like that. Um, <laughs> Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so hopefully, I mean, yeah, how he, how he sort of knows what he's doing in the offseason, you, you would have thought that he wouldn't, he's not just a panic by pickup, uh, he will have had his eye on him. Yeah, you're probably right. I think you. It makes a lot of sense that maybe I think he really wanted to come. That he's just like, oh, I'll join you. Didn't need him, but now we do. Um, you know, a Super Bowl winner brings that experience. The you know the Pro Bowls, the All Pro. It sort of it, that experience is just as valuable of whether he actually has much of an impact on the field. But I reckon he, I reckon he probably still will. Um, well, that obviously brings on to another sort of rumor that's going around, obviously about. Perhaps would you know? Should we look into someone like Gronk from the off season to sort of place the fact that Goddard's coming? I know I don't, I'm not really know if that's deep rooted in anything, but I feel like because he's obviously such a you know, in a similar sort of player, sat sat at home on the off season just watching football, could probably more than capable of still playing. Would he play for a team that doesn't have TB12 a quarterback? Probably not. But given the position that the Eagles are in. In in a good position to sort of go go to a Super Bowl and possibly win him another ring. Do you think there's anything to that? And and if there is, do you think it would actually be any value? Or would you want to stay clear of someone like that? As I mentioned earlier in the uh, in the group, it feels it would feel a little bit like the Ronaldo signing for Manchester United, where you know he's definitely got that pedigree, but he ends up coming in and sort of negatively impact the dynamic of the team, sort of puts someone like Goddard to the side a little bit because of the because of the stardom, because of the rings he went. Do you reckon there's anything to that, Mick? I'd love to say yes, but no. I don't see, I don't see anything in it, to be honest. I think it's just one of these internet rumours that's spread about, like, uh, who's who's a famous tight end that's not working just now? Uh, Gronk. <laughs> Aye, let's, let's, let's bring the Tebow rumours. Let's, uh, fuck it, what's Greg Olsen doing just now? He's, he's, he's a um, sportscaster, isn't he? He's working for ESPN or... NBC yeah. or whatever. Um, let's get him back in uniform. But no, I mean Gronk. Whilst it's like you know he's one of the best at tight ends all time, and you know half of the college players that come out of the draft get dubbed baby Gronk before they you know inevitably don't live up to the expectations of of what Rob Gronkowski achieved in his career. Um, he's been retired for. Uh, a while and let's face it he's not going to be fit he's not going to be match fit he's not been on a he's not it's not like he's sitting on a practice squad and he's still around the nfl and you know got the pads on day to day and and like kicking it in the field kicking it about in the field um he's probably sitting in his mansion drinking too much whiskey like i do um and, and losing quite a bit of weight so i just don't see it to, personally but it, it would be fun but no. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I, I don't I don't believe it. it's more than one of those things. You see someone put up a graphic, and you kind of your brain starts whizzing around, going, "Oh, I wonder ooh, what, what, what that would be like." And you kind of 
you you go into your your imagination for a bit but i think you're right ultimately i don't think we need to because obviously um there's been a couple of uh roster changes and call-ups and obviously because of the goddard injury um or being placed on ir we've now got grant calcaterra stole and an activate newly activated tyree jackson so next man up baby next man up baby so we've got we've got those players and we obviously remember how how good tyree jackson was pre-injury in in training camp before last season um and in the one game they did manage to get on the field for got a touchdown so uh, i personally i guess deep down i'm thinking i think we can manage I, i'm interested to see what calcaterra could do um i'm excited to hope that tyree jackson get on the field because i was really good that he he got injured i had high hopes for him and an esp sort of speaking on the go birds pod he's sort of saying his his training camp stats were were out of the park and um i know they're training um, camp but he was uh I, i'm interested tidy in he was your boy he was he was my boy and i think in terms of sort of stature athleticism and being a pass catching more of the pass catching side of things for a tight end i think tyree jackson's sort of a sneaky little pickup i've already picked him up on a couple of fantasy teams i know he's probably not going to get on get on with me starters but it's nice having him on the bench seeing that he's actually predicted to get some points so that's good enough for me but um one more sort of roster sort of acknowledgement just want to touch quickly on quinn obviously the last trade that the eagles made to pick him up from the bears not had the impact that we were hoping for 49 snaps averaging about 16 per game couple of qb hits and, and a qb hurry not setting the world light and i suppose the uh the performance against of the whole team against washington probably compounds that because it all feels like they all played badly and when you're looking at quinn as a player that was brought in to sort of improve the team it's just not been there mick um what's your thoughts on on quinn's sort of performance in the few games that he's had so far yeah i was just looking up your snap count on that game against washington so we had 22 22 defensive snaps which is 27 percent of the defensive snaps which is the 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 lowest of all of the players all the defensive line players um you know it would take some time for them to adjust to the eagles the defensive plan how we're playing but yeah, I would like to see a lot more from it, but it has. I, I agree with you that it's been quite disappointing so far. Um, and I don't know what it is, but is it just me or does his attitude seem a bit off to you as well? Like even the interviews that he was getting when he first came in, he didn't seem happy that he had been traded by the Bears. And then, I don't know, the, the sort of vibe that I get from him in any interview that I've seen, he just seems a, off somehow. And I know that there was another report that came out. Uh, I know this is all just speculation and stuff, but you know, another report came out and he said that he wasn't happy that he wasn't getting a bye week because obviously the trade happened after our bye week, um, before the Bears bye week. So um, he's not going to assuming... get a rest. Well, he's getting a rest in snaps because he's hardly on the fucking field. Well, I'm assuming the Eagles could could manage that. They'd probably allow him to have a game off. But like you said, if he's not playing that many snaps, he's hardly being overworked and you would have thought coming to any uh transferring from a bet team like the bears to come to the eagles at the time sort of six seven eight no um that you'd be like well i can put up with whatever i'm gonna buy because i might end up getting something out of this you know going on a championship run possibly um yeah i, I, I haven't really picked up anything odd in his interviews but obviously i, I, I remarked back when he signed i was like it didn't look like a particularly young uh football player 
he looked like, a bit like the, the janitor just stumbled across and grabbed the microphone for a second but you know i went on everyone else's opinion to, for his prestige and that, that the fact that the bears would go you know a few of the bears players were sort of quite upset that he was leaving but yeah I've, I've not heard his name i've not really noticed it at all and it is it's disappointing when it's you know it's not a free agency pickup it's a trade we've given up picks for this guy so you you expect more and you, and you want you want to think that he's gonna he's gonna provide something more for the team but you know maybe yeah. that maybe like you said he'll get used to the team a bit more he'll get involved maybe he'll have his unofficial bye week and 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 he'll come back and he'll start to get embedded in the team who knows would you say he had two two one one hit and two hurries in three games two hits and one hurry two hits and one hurry in three games nah, that's... it's not it's not good stats but like i said we we do probably have to give him a few games to bet in so hopefully hopefully come next game we'll start to, we'll be talking about him in the damn right sexy who knows it feels like another um remember the defensive end we signed from washington last year um, oh. who, who did <laughs> fuck all as well uh kerrigan kerrigan ryan kerrigan uh, yeah that was a different kind of players a... but yeah well that's enough on all that sort of stuff let's uh we we put it off for long enough mick we uh we're gonna have to talk about the game and we have to. Liam yeah. doesn't have to. well I don't know. We can we can get him back for it. I mean, he's already given us his prediction, so <laughs> we can certainly uh, get our own back at the end of the pod when we do the predictions for the uh, the Colts game on Sunday. Um, so yeah, first loss of the season, Mick. I've coined it Murphy's Law. Basically, anything that could go wrong went wrong. Um, there's a few shining examples. Definitely the good and the damn right sexy are definitely smaller than they have been in recent weeks and the bad is definitely longer than it's been in recent weeks but first off just to get your initial thoughts obviously like i said i called it murphy's law it just generally felt like everything went wrong we had several opportunities where we thought we could get back into it here i had even penciled down a turning point when we managed to um to hold hold them to a field goal instead of conceding a touchdown in the third quarter um and i was sort of ready to that be the point going that's the point we turned it around but <laughs> just it just got worse and worse um finishing off with a, a really damp squib of a rough in the pass a call which we can get into in a little bit but generally what first off what are your your initial thoughts from watching it back because i know uh, me and liam were up watching it live i really wish i hadn't um you got you got the benefit of watching it in the morning did you did you know the result before you watched it back or did you manage to avoid all the the, the kicking and screaming from the group uh no I, I did know the result before i watched it back because well i mean i have about 10 apps on my phone that just tell me things and i can't turn it off like google will tell me my flash scores app will tell me my uh i've got an nfl app that will tell me if like um sky will tell me and what's the other one uh God, athletic, the athletic will tell me as well. So it doesn't matter if I try to avoid it, I'm going to find out. Um, just by turning this, the screen on, I'll end up finding it. <laughs> but I was up for, I was up at six in the morning for work that night, uh, morning, and that's why I couldn't watch the game live. Um, I feel like this loss is on me, lads, because like, it's I didn't want to say anything, Mick, but it's the know, first game is... of the season yeah. that uh, I didn't watch live and lo and behold it's the one we lose at home no less I, I feel like it hurts more that it was at home mm. 
that, that's um, a good point actually mick um i know that when we first when we started the podcast this season we uh, we put the, the dallas got a little skit at the start f the cowboys f the east and you know go birds and um we thought about changing that but i remember you saying no no it stays in as long as we keep winning is that going to change now we're going to get a different uh audio clip at the start or are we just going to persevere because it, it's an awesome clip i'm happy to keep it that is a great clip um i think we probably should keep it just in honor of dallas who's gone on ir so uh, we'll keep it for now unless unless I, I find a better clip. Maybe maybe Sue will come in in his first interview and say fuck the cowboys live on TV and then that'll go in. Um but for now we'll just keep it as Dallas. Uh, but it's, it was it was quite annoying actually as well for, for the game that it was the obviously we played on the Monday night. And as we know, Dallas had lost to the Packers on Sunday night. And it just felt like that was the time to capitalise on just like Moving ourselves above and beyond on the east, and it's like that's it. If we win, if we win that game, then the division is looking pretty sweet. I know we've still got a couple of games cushioned just now, but it would have just been that little bit better, and especially pulling away from the Giants as well. So, and especially with the Vikings winning as well, so you've got implications there on the number one seed, um, because they keep winning. They've only lost one game. Yeah, it was against us. We hold the tiebreaker, but you know. The schedule isn't looking as easy as it first looked a couple of weeks ago. Um, but j- sorry, I'm I'm going off on wild tangents now. But uh, the game, watching it back, it's 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 not the same as watching it live. Um, I, I feel like I, I still caught the big moments of the game, and we'll talk about we'll talk about those. Um, but it seems that teams know how explosive our offense is now. And basically, the tactic is to run the ball and play keep away, and that's what Washington done, and they've done it successfully. Yeah, I think I think you probably hit the nail on the head, and the, the main reason we really struggled was because Washington game plan pretty well for us. I mean, we gave them a good a good sort of preview against the Texans and how well they ran it against us. So I think it was almost inevitable that that's what they were going to do. It's like let's just do that, and if it works, that will carry on, and and it just worked. They didn't need to change. Um, and McLaurin just tore us apart. It was just, it was frustrating as hell to watch it live. It just seemed like every time we had them on a long yardage, they oh, there's McLaurin wide open. It's like, whether it was Slay all the time, I don't know, but it's, it just felt like every time he, uh, he dropped back, there was McLaurin right in the middle of the park, free as a bird, caught it. Bang, out out of out of bounds or or down it's just so frustrating um it was it was killing me i thought it felt like he had about 180 yards he only had about 130 i think in the game uh, 138 or something like that but um he, he just 128 sorry so it just felt like so much more than that it just felt like he was getting 30 40 yard chunks every time but obviously it just wasn't that bad but yeah i know what you mean about not 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 watch it live and i think that's then ultimately the reason why to be honest the reason why i stayed up because i wasn't planning to i was thinking mm, it'll be an easy win it's not worth staying up for um i listened to the new heights pod with the jalen hurts guest on it and i think that that's got me great. i drove home on on monday monday uh afternoon listening to that going do you know what? i'm gonna step and watch it. i just want to i want to enjoy watching hurts destroy the, the uh, cowboys the commanders yet again and 
that's what per- persuaded me to stay up. I wish I hadn't, but hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, any other quick overall touch points on the on the pop before we get to the uh, on the game before we get to the downright sexy? Um, nothing. I don't think we've already got jotted down for the agenda ahead of us. But um, maybe shout out to the coaching <laughs> that um, we haven't actually noted down on this and that. Like you sort of already touched on it, that Ron Rivera had a clear plan coming into this game. They'd already faced this once earlier in the season, and you know they made the adjustments that they needed to make, and we didn't. And that's game. Yeah, it felt felt very much that 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 Gannon just couldn't couldn't adjust. You know, I know there's a question about whether I'm still the conductor of the the Gannon train from from the group when I asked earlier, but. <laughs> And I know I kind of get, I, I I play to it. I get ribbed a bit. Um, I, I I don't like I said last time. I said I don't disagree with 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 the critics, but I also feel like you know we need to be able to give him credit when when it does well. It just feels like he's got a plan, and when it works, it's really good. But it does doesn't seem when it doesn't work, he doesn't adapt very well. Plays too soft, and like I said, with when the chlorine catches, it's like whether that was coaching. Or, or whether it was just say was having an off day, it just felt like there was just no game plan. Like, come on, like this is what McLaurin's doing all game. He's he's playing in the slot, he's crossing crossing the field, and there he is every time. Like, game plan for it more. He's not going, he's not going deep. He's going to McLaurin every single time. But anyway, let's get on with the the good, the bad, and the damn right sexy, or the good, the damn right sexy, and the incredibly bad. Um, We'll, we might as well get the, the, the well. Do you want to go to the bad first? We get the get the bad bits and let's try and then cheer ourselves up afterwards. So let's strap yourselves in, folks. There's a few bad points. Um, Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. <laughs> um, run defense. We've already talked about it. They had a game plan. Um, we allowed 152 yards on the ground. Again, felt like so much more, but it was death by a thousand paper cuts, wasn't it? Only three point uh, one yards average, but it was that three yard average, and just the ability to get to a every third down was a third and four, three, five, and they just managed to sort of just poke through. No, no more evident than the than the uh, Robinson touchdown way, sort of like we had him stopped, but just managed to reach out an arm and push and break the plane. Just felt like. There was just nothing we could do to to stop that, and obviously a lot of people are pointing towards the fact that Jordan Davis wasn't in, isn't it? And that's what he's there for is those those key third down stops where you just need to sort of stifle it. We just didn't have that. Um, Tua Peloto obviously wasn't isn't isn't an adequate replacement, is he? Um, no, no. Um, Fletcher Cox is just not having a having a good a good season so far. Sort of the the run defense stats: Tua Peloto forty point seven, Fletcher Cox fifty point two, Javon Hargrave fifty seven point three, Milton Williams surprisingly sixty eight point two, and obviously Jaden Davis coming in with a whopping seventy seven point seven. Um, they're not great, but when you're missing Jordan Davis and you've highlighted your weakest area and Washington game plan for it, I guess this was kind of inevitable. It's just also the fact that the offense just weren't. This meant that the offense weren't on the t- on the field. As much as they they would normally expect to be, and just couldn't get anything going. What do you think, Mick? Yeah, I mean, Washington 
completely dominated the time of possession, and they did that by running the ball. I mean, the the time of possession that Washington had was 40 minutes, and the Eagles had 20 minutes. Uh, You can't expect to win a game if you're playing literally half of of the of, of the the time with the ball. Uh obviously Washington had these like long extended drives and that's something that we usually commend Eagles for. Um like to see out games and th- things like that in the second half would take the foot off the gas and have these long ex- extended drives to you know one tire out the offense it's like just Sorry, tired out the defense. It's like totally demoralizing. Like it's demoralizing for the fans. Like the stadium seemed quiet as well, by the way, um, throughout the game. Very quiet. Yeah, that's one um, thing. It was and uh, demoralizing for the defensive line because time and time again they're just running it right up the gut and they're getting over that line of scrimmage, and it's right, right. Reset the chains. Um, the next, the next um, wave is coming. And it just is on and on and on and on. And by the time you get to the goal line, these guys are fucked. <laughs> you know, to put it, you can't put it much better than that. But uh, it, it was clear that that was Washington's game plan, is, is, is to beat us on the ground. And it's worrying. Um, I know we've, we've brought in those you know, two big meaty defenders um, in the free agency that we spoke about at the start of the pod, but something needed to be done. Um, when you have an, a, a need as clear as, as Washington made it, because they pretty much provided the formula for the rest of the league to go and beat us with. And we play a lot of run-heavy teams. We spoke about it last week after we played uh, the Texans, who sort of provided the start of the formula for Washington, was Damon Pierce running. How many times? How many attempts he had? He had something crazy, like 40 attempts or something like that, running. I think it was 36, 37. Uh, that's still f- incredible amount of uh, running to do on a team. And then, you know, Washington said, oh, no, hold, hold, our, hold our beer, we can do better than that, and ran it 49 times. That's unprecedented um, amount of times to run the ball. I know they've got a quarterback that isn't great, but, yeah, well, our secondary sort of made them look great in that game. Yeah. Uh, but, you know... The, running the, the ball 49 times and then we've, we've still got teams to face like the Colts, we've got Jonathan Taylor, we've got the Titans, we've got Derek Henry, we've got the Giants, we've got Saquon Barkley, we've got the Bears, they've got Justin Fields and um, uh, who's the run back Montgomery? Uh, all these teams who are so good on the ground and we need, we need, we need an answer and we need, to, we need it quick. I mean, if the if the if the additions in in Joseph and 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 Sir do what they are brought in, then how is going to be heralded yet again as a genius? Saw a weakness, picked up a couple of key free agent signings, and plugged the gap. And Jordan Davis comes back a few weeks later, and the Eagles are rolling again on defense, and it's not a problem. That's the hope. That's the prey. But um, but yeah, it's a, it's a massive concern, and it's a case of um, I was listening again to to I uh, Marks and Reese. Um, with an ESP today on the way home, and it's sort of highlighting the fact that when you're in, when you're invincible, when you're a boxer, and you're undefeated, you feel like you can't do any wrong. You feel like you're invincible. You're never gonna, never gonna be punched in the face, and until you get punched in the face, and I think that's very much what what happened to the Eagles in this in this game. We got we got smacked in the mouth, and it's about how you get up 
from that moment. And I, I feel confident still that Hurts and, and the players that we've still got on the field are capable of doing that. But it's going to be an interesting game against the Colts this weekend. Their, uh, their defence is not terrible. Um, it's their offence that's, that's suffered this season. So we'll get onto that in a little bit. The next, the next part of the, the bad is just horrible key moments. Like I said, Murphy's Law, what could go wrong? definitely went wrong and there's just a couple of moments in there and we'll, we'll we'll touch on them all briefly but i think we'll we'll we've all suffered enough living that back in memory but the god at fumble mick it just then what would there was just nothing about it that feels sort of okay like you know you you fumble the ball it happens but that was different mainly obviously because of the face mask but mainly because it then led to another three points you know like i said we we managed to stop the touchdown but it still led to another three points it's just the fact that god it's not normally known for that was the was the face mask responsible for it obviously it was and it's like and it's it's like you know when you're watching something like a crime happen in person uh, it, you know and you're watching it happen as it unfolds and there's nothing you can do about it like the referees are watching that and it's like just call it, man. You can see it. It's like it's right there in front of you. <laughs> like I know you're not allowed to. It's gone. But it's like it's not a face mask. Is not pass interference. It's not a fumble. Did he catch it? Did he not? It's like he's grabbing his face mask. His neck is turned ninety degrees, and he falls on the floor and is now on IR because of it. It just there's nothing about it felt right, Mick, and and it just makes me angry. But before I get your thoughts on it. Obviously, Kelsey's come out and basically said, don't bitch and moan about it. It's done now. There's nothing you can do about it. Don't use it as an excuse. Don't make that the reason why we lost. We we, we lost the game ourselves, um, which makes me feel a little bit better because at least I know that there's people like him in the dressing room going, chin up, flush it, move on. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, pull up your socks and move on. It's... Um... Yeah, it, it was just it was a horrible moment in the game. Um, just because I felt like, even just watching the highlights, and it probably felt like this to you as well, watching it live, but the Eagles had just scored the touchdown on the very next Washington drive. Uh, Shagger Johnson made the interception. So we're in the fourth quarter. There's 12 minutes on the clock. It just seems like the momentum had totally shifted, and it's like, right, okay, the Eagles... Have, have entered the game, you know, but we're, we're going to just put our foot down now on their neck and, and not look back. And yeah, yeah, let, let, let's just said, let's let's said there, I suppose. Um, like you said, I think that was the moment I highlighted when I mentioned at the start. It started with I was pinpointing that moment before the fumble, you know, the interception. I was like, this is where the this is, you know, where the Eagles are going to turn it around. We're sort of at that moment just just horrible i think more more so because of the loss of got from it i mean you can live with a loss you can move it's, on, it's, but it's, it's, it's not the only moment though it's like we, we had multiple chances to come back and win that game that wasn't the only one that was one of but it wasn't the only one no no tell us about it tell us about the next horrible moment man <laughs> It's <laughs> just painful, <laughs> isn't it? It really is. The Watkins fumble, mate. Come on, talk the me Watkins, it. the Watkins fumble, the um, fast Batman. He's he's known as uh, we call him the ball juggling Batman um, until further notice. The juggler, <laughs> uh, uh, the juggler. 
almost. Um, yeah, on the on the very next possession from the Goddard fumble, still down, only down by five points because we held them to the field goal. Seven minutes left on the clock. It's plenty of time to put together a game-winning drive in the fourth quarter, something Hurts has never done um, at the Lincoln Financial Field. I suppose I come back in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm not putting this on Hurts. I'm I'm absolutely not, 100%. Watkins fumble. I I know, I read back back in the chat when you guys were watching it live and a lot of people were angry, very, very angry at Watkins. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because, you know, ball security, we've been preaching ball security all of bloody year. And it's just... Massive, massive moment in the game, and you know he makes the catch, great big bomb down the middle, and then he gets back up because it's pretty much a walk-in touchdown. You know, like if if he had managed to catch it in stride and uh, or like just catch it and then turn, um, but you know he, he gets back up and then you know the the Washington defender makes a play on the ball, gets it out, and you know he's stripped and fumble Washington ball, but. A lot of people, I've seen a lot of blame put on Watkins for getting back up and, and, you know, going for it. But I think he was entitled to go for it. Like, I, I don't have a problem with that. I just, I feel like he should, he, he, he should just have been more careful with the ball. Um, but be aware of his surroundings, like feel, feel the pressure for the Washington defender and make sure that he's got that ball tucked tightly underneath his arm um, instead of, you know, Maybe, I don't know, maybe the adrenaline got to him or something. He, he thought, I'm in for a touchdown here. And you know, he doesn't see many of those, especially not this season, with half of his targets being eaten up by Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, who had a quiet game, actually, uh, and this one. I know he, he got injured for a period, but, um, yeah, Watkins fumble, horrible, horrible experience. Don't really want to relive it too much. Yeah, the... The Watkins fumble is just, is an odd one for me. I feel like that maybe just be a little bit down to over exuberance. I mean, I'm sure when you catch those kind of passes and you're sort of running clear into the end zone, you sort of get the stars in your eyes. You think it's all going to be a glory, you know, like the celebration as you as you somersault into the end zone. It just wasn't to be because the Washington defenders were right there to to ruin it. And that was the most aggravating thing about it. If he'd been touched while he was down. At least he would have been down. We would have the catch would have ca- uh, counted, and we would have been in the red zone if he'd got up and and just sort of you know been tackled to the ground. But it just it felt like what could possibly go wrong. As I've said before, absolutely went wrong. And I, I won't subject you too much more to it, Mick, because none of us want to relive that one. But there are unfortunately more bad moments to get through. So let's just get the last last couple. Um, I mentioned it at the start when I said about the whole you know the end of the game. Brandon Graham rough in the past are cool now it's another one where you know the bargaining in the stages of grief sort of like you're trying to make sense of all and, and attack Heineke for for being a little bitch um and and trying to kneel down but there's just nowhere to there's nowhere to sort of excuse Graham's actions other than the fact that I think he's trying to make out he's like well, you know what if he got back up again it's like yeah but then everyone will then he really will be a little bitch in his case if you just have to sort of take the hit he just he played a little bitch move and, and, and ran with it um but he didn't he ends up he's on a knee he's, he's on one knee he gets taken he gets hit by reddick he gets hit by graham and it's just not really anything to excuse it um and 
I just, yeah, it ends the game right there. And I think that was the most disappointing factor about it was was the, the fact that that's that's what ended up happening. But you know, I know the the Bonehead Cafe has been sort of quiet as of late. Barnett's on IR. He's you know he's pulled down the shutters and he's he's gone home to sort of rest up. I think I might have to get it open again, Mick. Oh no! I, I know. Not I think I'm at, I know, and I've been thinking about it all week. But the more I think about it, it is a bonehead thing to do. He knows better. The experience the guy's got, it, it, you just don't expect it of a player like him. And and it might just be a fleeting opening. They, they've heard there's a there's a big coach load of uh, of people coming into their link. They need to get the cafe open. They just need it open for one day. We'll put them in it. We have to put them in it. I can't can't sit here and go, Brendan Graham. You know, it wasn't your fault. It you was. know, I, I like I like this, Phil. I think we should make it a weekly segment that you put someone in the Bonehead Cafe. It's like a like um, a time sending. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think I, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, Mick. But just generally, I look at it and I think in the moment I was angry at Heineke and 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 the way he's come out of it, like crowing crowing like cock of the walk, thinking he's he's gone into the link and he's beaten us. He has. But on that, like, he's got to be sat there thinking, you know, I didn't really, didn't really sort of absolutely destroy the Eagles. His his stats, for all intents and purposes, were were not great. It was all about the running game. He just got to benefit from it, and oh, just the way he celebrated, it was like, oh, look at oh, he's hit me. It's like, oh, get up. This isn't soccer, sort of thing. You know, being yeah, it was like game management. He was a game management quarterback, Heineke. He's not. He's not ever going to take them to the playoffs or the Super Bowl or anything like that. He's not that kind of player. But well, he did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know the 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 call. I have no problem with. Uh, it was a rough in the passer by the letter of the law of today's NFL. You just can't do that. And Heineke, he played BG. He, he played them. He knew. He, he could see BG closing in on him. He went. He took the knee. And they just like hit me because he knows he's going to get a flag for it, and it was a smart move. Um, I don't think you can believe his luck. I think you know you see yeah. him obviously you know you're going to get hit, but you're thinking, yes, thank you, this is the end of the game. Go on, hit me. Yeah, and you know it's not the first. Like I don't mind. I don't actually mind the shout of putting him in the bonehead cafe actually because it's not the first time he's made a bonehead move this this season even. Um, if you remember back to a few games ago when he made that the, the Steelers. The, yeah, at the goal line, and uh, he, he had the um, call for what did they call it? Um, well, no, one knows, no one knows what they fucking called it. I think it was just like the a, referee a didn't even know what they called it. <laughs> a, a move that's not football, like in the something uh, five yards. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a fucking flag. <laughs> so, you know, you know what I mean. It's almost like, Mom, I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, yeah, carry on. Uh, defensively yeah. a game, I think they called it. That's what it was. It's like, <laughs> it's oh, no, a okay. move that's not football fitting in a game of football. It's like, okay. Um, okay. But you, I mean, I don't know about you, but you'd, BG said he would learn from that. And he's mm. a, a bit old and bold to be learning from mistakes now. It's like, you make those mistakes, you just got to hold your hands up and say, I fucked up, man. Yeah, true. Uh, I, think, true. I think, yeah. Um, but let's let's move on from that one again. Let's just try not to spend too much time on it. But that ultimately killed the game. Game over from that point. We had a very that was like the thinnest, the the wafer thin Monty Python sketch of a chance to 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 get back in the game, and it was just over. And I think it was just that the devastation that like 
the crush, the the defeat was just there in that moment. I think that's um that's it. That's all that can be said. Um there is another one though, and I think I'm gonna touch on it because the rough and the kicker right at the start of the game kind of got covered up by the fact that we immediately forced a fumble recovery and that's how we got our um our touchdown from that. So it's easy to kind of say, I, you know, it wasn't in the original notes. I was, I did add it in, and I think maybe because it got overlooked because there's so many other bad things to go, and I feel like maybe I'm just compounding your misery here, Mick, by adding another one in there. Why would I do that? Yeah. I do feel like it has to be touched on. Read um, Blankenship, bit of a rookie move, um, not 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 sort of bearing down on the kicker in the correct way. Take absolutely absolutely obliterated him. It wasn't even like a oh he clipped him. He absolutely sort of plowed into him and i think like i said it got over it got overlooked because of the because of the touchdown but again yeah. special teams coming in to sort of you know they don't want to be outdone in the bonehead cafe themselves they want to get their piece of the pie and they've come in and uh special teams causing the another another terrible play what, what's just what's just what was your take on that when you watched it back i mean i assume it was covered on the, on the highlights that you watched back it was not covered on the uh, condensed highlights. I don't think they bothered showing it um, because of the, obviously there's other big moments of the game and all the touchdowns that were scored. Um, although they did, show, they did show some weird highlights and it was just like, you know, Washington rushing for like eight yards on a second down and it's like, okay, who cares? Um, <laughs> I, always, I do always find that like the the condensed highlights on Game Pass are absolutely bizarre. Like sometimes I swear, like they won't even cover a scoring play. I'm like, if you're going to cover like the most important moments in the game, I mean, even if it's a field goal, you know what I mean? Like here's a field goal. It takes two seconds of of, of footage to say, oh look, it went through, and that's how they got the three points. I know we can work it out for ourselves, but it's almost like it just feels very broken when when you watch it back. Yeah, I think it's too condensed. It's like if you go into YouTube, you'll get like a ten-minute video or something, ten fifteen, and that's that's fine. But like the, the Game Pass one is like five minutes, and it's just not enough. Yeah, five minutes or forty minutes is too long. Like sometimes I think I think I'd love to be able to watch the highlights, but I can't sit here for forty-five minutes and watch it every play because some of them are just like two-yard rushes. It's like I don't need to see that. But anyway, yeah, that's that's going massively off topic. But Game Pass sort it out. Um, sort of, sort of game pass. You messed up Phil's experience the other week, and now you're you're oh, yeah, chopping up yeah. the games horribly. I think they even put out a, a survey saying, oh, "How would you like like a, a like how would you like your highlights?" And there were twenty minutes was an option. I'm like, that's perfect. Twenty minutes, you know, that's like an episode of The Simpsons. You can you can sit down and give that give that a watch. Anyway, dishonorable mentions. Last couple was not not going to touch them too much. The uh, AJ Brown interception, Mick. I mean. The one thing, when we'll get on to Hertz in a minute, um, none of it was his fault. Hertz was throwing quite pretty, pretty damn well. I mean, that was straight into AJ Brown's hands. It popped out, and obviously the defend you know, the defender was, uh, I think, more lucky. It feels like it was just more lucky. Like the hands were there, the ball just bounced around and ended up in the defender's hands, and not AJ Brown's. That's my take on it. Is that it's just unfortunate. I don't really, I'm not. I'm not. I don't feel like AJ Brown deserves too much sort of attacking for that. I feel like he did everything right. It fell into his hands. It just, it's just one of those things, mate. What do you think? Yeah, I think yeah, it'd be overanalyzing. I think if we were if we were trying to put some blame on that, it's just one of these plays, and sometimes it goes really well, and when it does, it's spectacular. And other times, I mean, you look at the Jeff the Jefferson catch for for the Vikings. 
everyone's going absolutely mad for it. When you watch it back, it's like, how the hell did he end up coming away with that? It's partly because the logic of watching that, you're thinking, there's no way he should. And that's what makes a catch more impressive. And if, it, like you said, if he had if he had caught it, everyone would be absolutely going apoplectic about how amazing that catch was. So you, you, you're right, Mick. Um, I don't think we need to talk about the, the non-existent run game. I think it's evident to say coaching calls weren't on the wasn't on the field enough to really sort of sort of fully show exactly what the Eagles were planning to do. The yeah. amount of time it was uh, twenty minutes on the field. You know, you're not going to run it. And you know they're already running down the clock. You don't really want to run down the clock too much more. But I know it has. I've heard it mentioned as well. Sort of they they threw it sort of six seven times in a row before the half when really maybe they should have been trying to control the game a bit more and keep it in their hands rather than sort of going three and out and giving the 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 commanders another chance to possess the ball. I actually did look up the the first half stats of of rushing, and I don't, I don't know if you've you've noticed it or if you've heard it or seen it, um, but. A running, not including Jalen Hurts, um, but just for our running backs, Mel Sanders, um, Boston Scott, and I called him Barry Scott there. <laughs> sell and sell it, bang. <laughs> <laughs> bang in the run game is gone. <laughs> bang in the run game is gone. <laughs> oh, that should be the title of the pod. Um, <laughs> Go for it, mate. Go for it. Between them, two carries, 11 yards. It's just so bad, isn't it? I mean, when you look it's at it, I mean, a carry one carry each. It's just, oh. I, I, like I said, I, I'm, I think overall, let's just put a line under the game. Let's just say that it was one of those things where there was no. no you look, you, you can, you know what the Eagles' stats going to be before you, before you look at it, and they're just, they're not impressive. You know, 175 yards passing for Hertz, 94 rushing yards overall. Yeah, it's just, it's just. That was just the game. I just hope it was just we just draw a line under it, flush it as Jalen Hurts likes to say, and, and move on. Um, but before we do move on, let's let's try and cheer ourselves up a bit. Let's 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 touch on the good and the and the downright sexy, which admittedly struggling for the downright sexy. Let's just uh, let's just call it three goods and a, a slightly good, slightly better than good, <laughs> rather than downright sexy. Maybe um, first off, like I said, let's touch on Jalen Hurts. Don't think I think we've touched on it already. Don't think many of the bad things or any of the bad things that went wrong were were anything to do with him putting the putting the ball where it should be caught. Um but it just ended up being caught, not caught, or intercepted or fumbled as in the Quez Watkins situation. 17 of 26, 65.4% completion rate. Um 175 yards, as I've mentioned already, two touchdowns, the interception with um AJ Brown and a 94.2 passer range. So not terrible, but nothing that nothing to sort of get excited about. And had it had his had his 28 rushing yards and, and obviously got the first touchdown uh, rushing over the line on with six carries. Um performance mark hurts his fourth game with three total touchdowns uh, total touchdowns this season, as well as the ninth such game of his career. So, you know, little milestones, I suppose. Um through week 10. Hertz is one of the only four NFL quarterbacks with uh, 20 plus total touchdowns, 21, joining Patrick Mahomes, 26, Josh Allen, 24, and Joe Burrow, 22. So the shining light, the sort of the silver lining of it is that Hertz is still still maintaining his his performances this season. Um, and not only that, from my perspective, like I said, he's a he's that character in the dressing room. He's got that that calm ability. You know, he'll be in the dressing room with, with characters like Kelsey 
sort of saying flush it let's move on we better than this let's go on let's get on to indianapolis and, and we'll go from here so obviously i've covered all the stats there mick but anything to add on on sort of the jalen hurt side of things well it's strange not having liam in this conversation isn't it it's surprisingly short isn't it this is where i go for my bathroom break i'm not getting it in this <laughs> podcast <laughs> you're gonna have to actually put in a put in a break at this point in a minute um yeah, yeah. About no but i mean it's, it's it's such a good sign that um that he's able to perform week in week out to uh, like a consistent level i mean he might not be setting the, the heather alight and some of his performances i mean we've seen some of the games where he's just like lights out but even in the games where he's not he's still performing to like a really high level he's still making reads he's still making really good decisions um i know we fumbled the ball what twice um and you know we had the interception as well but he's still taking care of the ball i don't mind the interception we already spoke about it but i, I don't i don't mind that play um because he's willing to go for it and make those deep shots. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't uh, want him stopping, stopping throwing that ball, do you? No. So I mean, like they, they do pay off, and we've already we've already reaped the benefits of of some of the deep balls that he's, he's thrown this season, especially AJ Brown, a couple of go balls that he sent his way against the Steelers, and he had what three touchdowns on the day. So we want to see more of that, and you know. I think I just thought he spoke so well as well in his post-game press conference. He just seems so mature um, the way he speaks, and I'm pretty sure he's going to have these guys hungry, ready for the game on Sunday against the Colts. He's just that type of guy. He's seen adversity all the way through his career. This isn't this is nothing to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has seen worse adversity than losing to Washington whilst eight and zero in the season. Everybody needs to calm the fuck down a little bit. Because it's not the end of the world. We lost the game. Let's move on. Let's go on with it. Yeah. And that's the yeah. message that Jalen Hurts will be sending. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the message that we're all trying to cling to. I think there's obviously that that nagging nervousness in the back of your mind, sort of saying, I hope this isn't indicative of something deep rooted, like people have figured this out and that the signings kind of helped me feel better about that because it shows that the Eagles have recognised that weakness and they've done something about it. They haven't just kind of they're not just coming out going, oh, we think we're playing all right. We, 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 we'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Um, they've actually done something about it. So I, I feel a bit better. And I, I think that will probably that message will resonate with the players as well, that they're bringing in people to help you. They're not just saying sort it out. They're saying, here's some more players. Here's some more weapons. Let's, 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 let's get this back on track. Um, next on the good list, Shagger Johnson. Another interception. Five consecutive games with an interception now, and he leads the NFL with six overall. Um, per PFF, he leads the team with an overall seventy-five point six grade coverage. I mean, it. I, I'm the message I put when I was watching it live was there he is, as if it was sort of, you know, game game doesn't feel right without a Gardner Johnson interception, Mick. I, um, I'm going to flex here a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I brought him in in my. Um... IDP league on waivers. Eh, no, uh, well, wasn't on waivers. I brought him in. I'm do that now. I thought Gardner Johnson is getting way too many interceptions. <laughs> I need to bring him in because he's going to score me some points as a defensive back because you don't get a lot of points for a defensive back. And I thought, yeah, he's my guy. He won. He won that game for me. 
Well, and... just, just watch now. I'm going to bring him into my IDP team, and he's not going to get another one. Don't you the... think so? Oh, no, <laughs> someone's, already, someone's already got him. Well, I suppose oh, that well, saves it. That saves it. Sorry, I've got too many Philadelphia guys in my in my DP league. I've got I've got the Eagles defense, which have have won me a lot of games this season. To be honest, I've got Kaiser White. Is I've got Gardner Johnson. Yeah, I've got a few guys. I've got in my IDP league. I mean, I know it's an IDP. There are offensive players. I've got Devontae Smith. I've got Hargrave. I've got Kaiser White. I've got Hassan Reddick. And I was just looking to add Gardner Johnson to it. I think I might have a problem, Mick. <laughs> There's no problem as long as we keep winning. Are uh, the defense yeah. is, is um, performing? The yeah, the I mean, trade deadline's gone as well, so I can't even pick out. Damn it, guy! Right, right, let's ruin my night, Mick. You ruin my night. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, Sh- Shagger Johnson, he's, he's. I think we speak about him pretty much every week now. We have, we barely mention Marcus Epps on this podcast. It's always it's always seems to be Shagger who's who's coming up big with a big plays. Um, yeah, so, some of them, you know, are just like. Uh, where the ball's been tipped and he's just there, he's in the area and he just he just scoops it up. But I mean, you've got to be in those positions. He's he's he's. I think his game IQ, his game, his awareness of the ball, where it's going, I think that sets him aside from everybody else. People can say it's luck, but it's not. It's, you you make no, your own luck. It's football intelligence, isn't it? At the end of the day, and I think I meant, I think I even mentioned that last week that it's just he always seems to know where to be, and it just looks so effortless. Um, I mean, for a guy that came in and I, I knew that there was a big sort of um, fanfare around his arrival, but the fact that he was coming in and changing positions at the same time, admittedly, I didn't expect much. I thought as long as he doesn't, he's not a guy we're talking about in the bad each week, I'll be happy. But, you know, he's had a couple of mentions in the downright sexy. He's been in the good nearly every week. He's getting interceptions left, right, Chelsea. It's just, it's been such an such an enjoyment because he's obviously a character as well so you know he's he's he's, he's impacting the team in, in so many different ways um but he has been a shining light on the in the secondary um whereas sort of you know slade's had a quiet game Gardner johnson still comes in with interception so yeah you know, and it's just to show like so sorry i didn't mean no, in, it, it's not just interceptions though like you say that yourself he led the team in coverage with his great and like I know he, um Slay didn't have a particularly great game. He gave up quite a lot of yards in that one. But you know, Gardner Johnson is his coverage grade, grade wins out in the team and he's just he's just getting better every week and he's very young as well and you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a contract heading his way before this side of Christmas anyway. I mean, that is definitely a question for another time when we have a little bit more time to discuss it. But all the impending free agents that we've got to sort of tie down to new contracts, it's going to be a headache, but a headache that I'm sure Howie is hopefully relishing and, and we won't lose too many of the of the people that have come in this off-season and then and, and actually smashed out of the park for us. So that's the good. Let's move on to the, the damn right sexy or the, the slightly better good. Um, than 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 previous weeks. <laughs> You've selected Jovan Hargrave, Mick. Um, another sack to his tally. He has he's he's been sort of there, but pretty consistent with the sacks. He's got seven, um, leading the team seven with Reddick only a half a sack behind him. Tied first in the NFL among defensive tackles for sacks with Chris Jones and Quinn and Williams. 
Um, PFF pass rush grade of 93.1 versus Washington and a run defense grade of 70.8. So reading that through actually does sound pretty impressive. So maybe maybe I'll I'll uh, I'll concede that damn right sexy is an appropriate way to call it this week. But I think given the fact that it's such a devastating loss, it's just hard to get excited and, and think of anything in that game as sexy. But Hargrove's managed to sort of put something out there. Um, anything else to add on that, really? <laughs> I feel like I'm not doing any disservice because it just feels so it feels so deflating about talking about trying to trying to make a damn right sexy for it. But <laughs> Javon Hargrave, another sack, Mick. What, 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 what can we say? Grave digger. No, he's um, digger. every time, by the way, every single time I hear his name, that's all I can think of, is that ATN clip. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's ever since the bye, he's been playing out of his skin. Absolutely fantastic. And and he was he was unlucky not to get the, the credit for the damn right sexy last week, I think, um, when he had a number of sacks. Um, and possibly the week before as well, we've been sort of... Uh, Shortchanging uh, Grave Digger, so we'll, we'll give him his plaudits this week. Um, on a week where we were struggling to, to award the scepter, as as Liam calls it, the damn right sexy, as Liam would also call it. That was a very good impression, actually. It was not bad. Eh? Um, yeah, let's go. Let's give. We, he's got the scepter this week. Let's let's hope for a better week next week. So that's that's the game we've 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 soldiered through. Even you know you guys won't know this, but I had massive internet connection issues halfway through this. So it even prolonged the agony even further. I feel like the universe is against us tonight. Mix had to dart off to to tend to some some issues, but we're we're here now. Let's 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 move on to um, well. First off, before we get into the Colts game, we've got to touch on the injuries and 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 I know we touched on the roster moves already, so we've already discussed that, but. God, it's on IR. Two Pelotas on IR. AJ Brank, AJ Brown's sort of questionable. So was Devontae Smith, but I think they're both expected to play the wide receivers. Um, the injury report has come out, but it looks generally across the board, generally just rest like the, the the rest day for the guys. You know, we always get that injury report where half the teams on it because they <laughs> are too old and. And broken down, they just need a need an extra day just to just to nurse those injuries. Um, although one noticeable notable entry for me is, is is the fact that we've spoken about Robert Quinn moaning about not having a buy, and he's uh, he's did not practice. He's one of the only two do did not practice because of rest. <laughs> so uh, you know, I guess that. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't see it for the weekend, then he can't complain if he's not uh, if he's had his bye week. Whilst everyone else was digging out, but yeah, there's the, there's not really anything else in there. I mean, you know, everyone's limited practice. Devonte Smith, like I said, I think he's on track to play. So so is AJ Brown. They're just sort of being cautious with these injuries. They don't want to overdo it. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, Tyree Jackson's been activated to sort of to cover Dallas Goddard. We've got um, Linville Joseph and Dominic Sur to come in to sort of replace, well, not replace, but to sort of survive the the, the gap for. Uh, Jordan Davis um, and Janarius Robinson, which we haven't touched on. Twenty-one day practice window has been activated for him, so not really anything sort of standing out. Nothing to get overly concerned about. I mean, the IRs, the, the two players getting put on IR is obviously big concerns. But I think once they get put on IR, it gets put outside, out of mind. There's nothing we can do about it. Let's just move on. Let's get the players in. Let's get them trained up. So 
anything else to add on sort of the injury report that's just come in, Mick, that, that sort of stands out to you, or was that pretty much sort of just a just a resting day for everyone? Yeah, I, I think you've you've nailed that there, Phil. There's not, not a lot to add. It's just it's just when the, the injury report first comes out and you look at it and it's like a massively long list of names and you're just like shit. But once you once you, you, you take a minute to to sit down and have a look at it, most of it's rest for a lot of the veteran players, you know, BG, Lane, Johnson, Jason Kelsey, um, Fletcher Cox, you know, that a lot of guys are just getting rested. So, yeah, they're, they're sort of like a weekly, you know, which depends on when the game is, but there's always a few days before where they sort of, you know, the, the old the old guys need to rest. And admittedly, there, there are a lot of old guys on this team, especially now we've had it, created the additions in, the entire defensive line are, uh, all in their 30s and quite significantly so um i think josh sweat i think is the only one who's not and he's turning 30 very very soon so it's um, you know obviously they're plugging holes so i'm not going to get too upset that you know when they need a lot of rest it's sort of you know something to be something to make note of so oh, this is my least favorite bit mick i don't make any bones about it looking around the east why do we have to look at the other teams I mean, we don't we don't have to if you don't want to this is our podcast you can do it like you know liam liam we're not doing it now i'm joking we, we'll we'll quickly scoot over it um giants annoyingly still persist in hanging around um somehow but then again it was the texans and they're still only uh still only managed to sort of i say just beat and they're beaten by eight points but definitely wasn't wasn't it wasn't a blowout game and i feel a bit hypocritical glass houses sort of stuff saying that they didn't have a convincing performance against the texans when we didn't particularly smash out of the park um but they're obviously playing the lions this weekend but they're only a three-point underdog and at home i mean listening again to the go birds podcast they you know esp makes a very good point it's like if you ever want to know really what the status is of a a situation the odds never lie and if vegas only thinks that the giants are a three-point favorite at home that's got to give you some hype surely it was that question uh, yeah <laughs> i mean I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm hoping and praying for the giants to lose every single week because um i despise them um they're seven and two i can't believe that they're potentially going to make the playoffs do you uh, think the lions are going to do it I think the Lions will do it. I mean, I admittedly, the Lions. Yeah, I mean, admit, admittedly, um, I liked Dan Campbell at the start of the season. I said that the Lions would embarrass a few teams and we were lucky to sort of get away in the end. But they've not really done that. And Campbell loves obviously being typical Campbell and some of the coaching decisions are bad. So I'm not I'm not as confident as you may be, but I'm, I'm, I'm sort of uplifted a little bit by the fact that the Giants are in a three-point favourite because it just shows that anything can happen. Um, yeah, well, the, the, sorry, just the, yeah. um, the the Lions beat the Bears at the weekend, and I'm fairly sure I heard the commentary team saying something like it was the first time the Lions had won on the road in two years or oh, something, yeah, like, yeah. something ridiculous like that. It's like, ugh, I, I mean, they're, they're we're, we're complaining about this losing podcast when we've won eight games this season. <laughs> um, imagine being a Lions fan. Yeah, that is that is a very good point. I think, and ultimately, the Lions are just—you never know which Lions teams you're going to get. You know, they got absolutely blown out by New England, which I was convinced they were going to go there and absolutely um, shock them, but they didn't. Bill Belichick, classic. But 
yeah well let's just hope for for the giants loss for something surprising where they where we expect them to beat uh, to lose to the ravens and they somehow beat them let's hope that because they're expected to beat the lions they'll get their asses handed to them by amarar st brown one of my favorite players uh, outside the eagles this season um quickly moving on to to dallas obviously they got beaten by the packers um refreshing to see as you mentioned um personally i think the fact that the giants are seven and two sullied that a bit for me because it would have been nice to sort of have the giants lose and not to have lost any ground on them uh not lost any ground but lost our any of our cushion over them but the most important thing to note is the the dallas four fourth and three where they went for it mick i mean it wasn't even included on the, the consent highlights. I haven't actually seen it myself, but it's all people have talked about is the decision. Oh, I see that when you watch it. I see that. Yeah, um, I did. that's what I'm leading. I'm leading you on, mate. Tell me about it, mate. Tell me. It was at the end of Red Zone and like all the other games had finished and it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was about half 12, past midnight anyway. And I think that the Dallas game was the only one that was left on. Um, obviously, they'd gone to overtime. Uh, the Cowboys were up by like 14 points in that game and they just threw it away um, the Packers made a good comeback with uh, uh, um, Rogers seemed to form a good bond with Christian Watson this week so um, one to watch out for when we play the Packers in a few weeks time um, but they went to overtime Dallas won the, won the coin flip and you know put the offense on the field to go and win the game, you know, the overtime rules. First first team to score and touchdown on their on their opening drive wins the game. Um they're driving down the field. And you know that they're in they're in Packers territory. They're within field goal range. And it's fourth and three and Big Mike thinks I'm not going to bother hitting the field goal. I'm going to, I'm going to run a play, and you know, it takes, it takes balls. It takes massive balls to do that, but it's just idiotic. It's just stupid. It's something that the Chargers also do, and, and they get called out for. Uh, Staley seems to make these decisions on fourth down to go for it, and just ridiculous situations. Maybe the the metrics say that they should go for it, and all these things. But you've got to apply some common sense and football knowledge. That if you're in overtime and it's a close game, you're sitting. I mean, they weren't that far into Packers territory. It's not as if they were sitting on the twenty yard line. Um, I think they were sitting on the Packers thirty five or something like that. Um, just kick the field goal. Just kick the goddamn field goal, and uh, yeah, you're giving the Packers the ball back. But if you've, at least you've got a chance, not turning the ball over when, and then that's the Packers already um, in a good field position to then, you know, one chunk play is all it takes is to get the ball into the second half of the field and then hit their field goal, and then that is game over, my friend. You know, so that's the way it played out, and. It made the Cowboys look ridiculous, and there's there's a Cowboys fan in our group chat, and he was not best pleased um, about that decision. No, he, he certainly wasn't. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I think I I had to go I had to go to bed because I had to be up for work in the morning. But I do remember there was a picture of Mick McCarthy in the Lombardi coat before the before the game, and I think I don't know who it was who said it, but it was just like you have to smash this. It's the Cowboys now because he's wearing a bloody Lombardi coat and he's looking like cock of the walk and then he goes and does that it just feels 
poetic justice to me but um i'm glad you got to see it i just haven't actually seen it yet but you know i get the picture eloquently painted by you there um i'm more than happy with that um obviously the only other thing to cover is the the, the commanders we won't touch on what they got up to uh, over the weekend but they are um going into houston so that's now their turn to play the texans they're three points favorite um in houston so that's something to be said about the state of play but i think that is a bit of a toss-up because they're both obviously we've played them consecutive games we kind of see that they're almost similar in the fact that they've got a fairly decent running game um maybe not a lot else they've probably got the the receiving core is obviously definitely improved so i think maybe maybe it's fair to say that they are probably just going to shade it but let's hope not for our sake um and that's the a short cover of the nfc east a bit longer than i was anticipating but let's go for it um last thing before we get on to our predictions let's have a look at the colts game this weekend mick i mean i was feeling quite optimistic about it but now i've looked at the stats that you've put up and what their defense is ranked and it's got me a little bit worried i must say that maybe i was sort of overestimating the fact that we'd probably go to indianapolis and and walk over them and given our recent struggles against commanders but with a they're ranked fourth in total defense that's that's pretty impressive and the only you know the eagles are only one place ahead of them in third so it's not going to be an easy game um what's your initial thoughts going into the uh into indianapolis this weekend yeah well i, I was like you a couple of weeks ago um indy were a complete mess they had fired frank Reich. they had let sam ellinger under center as the qb1 matt ryan had been sidelined uh the run game was non-existent Jonathan Taylor was injured. They had uh, Shaq Leonard was permanently injured as well on defense. They were talking about uh, the Forrest Buckner being traded to Dallas at one point during the, uh, when it was getting close to the deadline. They were, I think, they let go. Naim Hines. He went to. Did he go to the Bills? Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know they were a selling team. At the deadline, it just seemed like India are falling apart. They, they've they've decided they're going to tank. They've put in a quarterback who can barely play or barely has any NFL experience, and um, it may be a cakewalk. But a lot can change in this league in just a matter of a few weeks. And you know, well, they brought in Jeff Saturday, the former center, um, who's now their interim head coach much to i think he's, he's just been mocked pretty much around the league for the whole of last week before the the weekend round of games and it's it's like that new coach bounce isn't it it's like it well, always we, happens it happens in football all the time well we, we 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 felt the same wasn't it last season before we went into vegas um can't even remember the coach's name now but obviously they they recently fired their uh their head coach and had their special teams head coach come in and take over and we're like this will be a cakewalk and we ended up losing to them um so yeah i know totally mean with the the, the the new coach bounce let's hope that it's not it is just that um jonathan taylor's back that's a concern obviously that's probably the main focus of our concern is the fact that considering our run troubles they've now got the you know the top rusher from last last season um coming back that's got to be the main focus and obviously maybe that was what the added pressure was for for how we're picking up 
the additions to sort of say we've just got to find a way to just plug the holes as much as possible and stop a player like Jonathan Taylor breaking through because once he breaks through he's absolutely electric and he will absolutely torture us but that was also made as a good point I think in one of the podcasts I listened to was that one of the main reasons it was so painful against Washington is because they weren't exactly breaking through and scoring a touchdown and maybe if they did we get the ball back we had more time of possession and we might have been able to sort of fight fire with fire and we just couldn't um so maybe if he breaks through and scores six touchdowns we'll be right because we'll try and score seven uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just tell him just like let them through let them through just let them through, just let them through. Just we'll just score right. them yeah just gotta stop them once it's a bit like tennis you just gotta break their serve once um so yeah he rushed for 147 yards 6.7 yards per carry and a touchdown um on a relatively mild day you can say for for a peak john taylor um they rushed for over 200 yards in total and the Eagles have given up 4.6 yards per carry to running backs in 2022. And you can imagine with the running the running attacks that we've faced so far, like we've mentioned, with a player like Jonathan Taylor, it's going to be the acid test. You know, are we going to capitulate or are we always just a, a couple of bad games? Um, I, yeah, I think that's pretty much the the main concern. Obviously, they've, they've, they've got some decent receivers in Pittman and, and, and Campbell. Nothing particularly electric. And Matt Ryan's back in. He has not been anything any better than Erlinger. I think he's there for the taking. My my focus is on hopefully getting a few sacks. I know uh, Liam's gone fairly modest with his sacks. So I've gone a bit more um, aggressive, which gives you an indication in what, what we're going for in the predictions. But I'm thinking that's probably our way in is uh, is going after the quarterback and getting, getting getting hold of a static aging match in the pocket and get to my in the pocket. That's going to be the the, the key for me to to, to win in this game um moving you know touching on our side of the ball obviously with the with the injuries as well um with with got it on ir the the pressure is going to fall on brown and smith i'm hoping that this will mean a good good sort of uh pickup and snaps for smith because i feel like you know aj brown's taking the spotlight i'm hoping that those two together can sort of match up for it we've touched before aj brown is very much a very stocky wide receiver so maybe he can take a bit more of the sort of the slot snaps getting getting the contested catches in the middle of the park leading smith maybe watkins to sort of you know watkins if he can keep hold of the ball this time to, to sort of stretch the field a bit more um what's your sort of what's your what's your thoughts what's your key key points to winning on sunday what, what's your what's your biggest concern and what's your what's your biggest point for for success yeah my biggest point or key to success for for this game isn't in the stats and it isn't in the matchups it's in the heads of our players and the reaction of coming from the defeat in washington flying out to indy or i don't know how they get there uh, they probably do fly um flying out to indy and putting that game in against Washington behind them and going out and playing football the best possible way that they can and they know they are a team who uh, like just lo- looking at the individual matchups it looks quite daunting when you're talking about oh Johnson Taylor against this run D or you know Pittman and Campbell against you know if Slay has another off day if Bradbury has another off day. Um, the Colts secondary is pretty good. I mean, you, I think you already mentioned that the, their total defense is is one of the best, fourth fourth best in the league. Fourth overall. 
Yeah, their their pass defense is seventh best in the league, so top ten. The top ten, their fourth best in the league in third down defense, um, tenth in the league in rush defense. So I mean, they've, they've got all the metrics going for them, but fundamentally, we are the better team on paper, and if the players turn up, I'm not just saying like if we turn up, we win, but it goes a long way. It goes yeah. a hell of a long way that the guys need to get ready for this game, be prepared and Nick Seriani importantly, has to get these guys prepared for this game and Shane Steichen has to get these guys prepared to these game, for, for this game to run to have a more balanced offence because we didn't run the ball enough against Washington and that's that became our bread and butter last year and, not, and I'm, not, I'm also not saying let's just run the hell all over them in this game either but there has to be a balance struck where uh, we find you know you perfect the fine tunings between throwing the ball and, and then running the ball and uh, in game situations where like, we might be down so we're sort of forced to throw it and things like that but we have the personnel to beat them and yeah. that's that's what that's what needs to happen yeah for me. yeah no i i think you've hit the nail on the head with with the mentality of shamal was a big headspace kind of you know guy when it comes to sort of injuries does a player come back you know the, the leg might be fixed but is the head head there um and it works the same with it with a big devastating loss such as the one we've just suffered um and and are, are they going to be back back on form i think they will and i think like we keep having circling back it keeps getting mentions like yeah but this is the first loss they're eight and one like just remember that like this isn't like a a five and four like we've just had our fourth defeat of the season can they bounce back again this is the first defeat so there's two sides to it is this going to be capitulation is it because of oh no and it's just all down here from here sort of Steelers style from a couple seasons ago or is this going to be sort of a flush it and move on I think it's going to be the latter because I feel like with the players that we've got the strong heads um the people that made the mistakes of Brendan Graham will brush it off Kelsey has already brushed it off Hurts probably isn't, wasn't even thinking about it after the final whistle. Um, they should go in there. And I think that is also going to lead on to the, a good key key factor in winning it, which is they need to go there and they need to start heavy. They can't start slow. They can't, they've got to keep it tight. No mistakes in the first, first, few, first few drives, because if they do, it'll be like, oh no, here we go again. And that's when it, that's when it will affect them. That's when the mentality will come in. If they come in and they start strong, it'll be like, what happened? you know, we didn't play a game last week. It doesn't matter. It didn't exist. We're, we're here now. Here's a question for you, Phil. Go ahead. Start of the game, we win the toss. Are you putting the ball in the hands of the offense or are you going to defer? Do you want to put up points straight away or do you want to get the defense the time you put something a, straight away? That is a really good question. I think I even I brought it up before previously, like like in the whole debate, it's like, you know, whether you defer or you keep the ball, is it better to sort of hit the ground running, smash it down the throat and and never look back? Or is it better to sort of have the have the game have the first possession in the second half in your back pocket and you know if you get three and out on the the first first drive then it negates their any advantage from 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 taking the first the first drive i think i think so i think so far this season i don't i can't remember how many times but i'm definitely thinking it's a heavy sort of six seven um games to one in terms of deferring or taking the yeah, second. I think they've deferred a lot. This, this yeah, they, they deferred a lot. They basically the majority. The, the point I'm trying to make is that I think it's worked most of the time 
is sort of having that in your back pocket. I feel like you've got to back your defense. You can't you can't send them the message saying we're we're we're, we're going to get the offense. We're going to get a score before we let you let you have at it. So I think I like that you turned that you sort of turned that around back on it. Yeah, I think you know if anything, sort of changing it would suggest that you're worried. Don't just do the same. If it happens, if it happens, it happens. But back your defense to sort of learn the mistake, give them the chance to right the wrongs. They had a bad game. Let's let's give them the opportunity. I think I think that's my answer. Definitely. I like it. I like yeah. It. What about you? Um, you gave such a good answer. I don't think I could come back with anything okay. else. We'll leave it there. Then. Um, I'm totally on your side. I think. Um, if, yeah, if you're leading me out on that field, I'm like, fuck yeah, for either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't don't put me in a leadership position. I'm <laughs> I crumble hey, under you're the, hey, you're the host this week. You you are the leader. <laughs> the British and Irish Eagles. Before we get on to the. The predictions then mick i think i actually am going to throw one back at you there is i did put out for questions earlier now there is there is one i want to put out and i think it's been banded around over the last few weeks um about the expectations this season it's come from mark smith um and i am going to paraphrase a bit mark um because it's quite a long way to question but i think essentially what he's trying to say is given the expectations and the hopes for the season when we started out of getting into the playoffs and winning one playoff game which i think has been the general sort of rule of that would be considered an improvement, a successful season, based on the fact of going eight and eight and zero, um, and how Hurst has progressed. Would that now be considered a success, or would that be considered par? I think, I, you know, apologies, Mark, if I've got that wrong, but I think essentially what you're saying is where we were, thought we were at the start of the season, to where we are now, to where we could possibly be. Would just getting to the playoffs and winning one playoff game be a success still, Mick? It's such a difficult question to answer. Um, it's one of those where the start of the season, if you told me that we would get to the playoffs, win one playoff game, and then we were done, win, win one, and, and then we were out the next round, I would probably bit your hand off and be like, that's fair. But because of all the external factors, it's not just about the Eagles. It's about the NFC and how weakened the NFC is just now with the opponents that we have. Uh, the NFC is there for the taking for us and it feels like we could be a contender straight away because of that. Mm. And the Super Bowl is a coin flip. Mm. Then the day, I mean... Super Bowl, Super Bowl, but it's yeah. Um, I know, I know what you say, Mick. I, I think we it's hard not to look at it as going well. We, we should expect more. It's hard to put yourself in your mindset. It's it's it's, it's context. Away. It's just context. It's mm. it's like at the start of the season without factoring anything else in. You're like, yeah, we'd take a a a one win playoff, but we're well into the season now. We're in week eleven of the season and we've got we've got eight wins already um we look like we, we could run away with the nfc and the teams around us aren't doing too well i mean they could you know forge a, a better team next year because some teams are, are starting to become contenders um and jalen hurts has proved himself to be the franchise quarterback in my eyes and by with the eyes of a lot of fans most fans i would say 
Um, so that's probably the biggest positive this season. Doesn't matter if we get to the Super Bowl, if we get to the second round of the playoffs. I think the fact that Jalen is performing the way he is and has, I think that is probably the biggest positive that we've got out of the whole season. And if we were to go out in the first round, but it wasn't on Jalen, I'd still be pretty happy. I think that's uh, a very, very good fence take there, Nick. I, 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 I can, as a fellow fence person myself, I can appreciate the the uh, the answer, and I think you know you nicely turned on your head there, sort of turning away from from quantifying whether it's a success or not. You sort of you go more with your gut, like I do, which is if it feels like a success, it is a success. Um, my answer is actually slightly different. I think from my perspective, I'd still consider it a success if they get to the playoffs and 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 only win one playoff game purely because I think as a pure definition, getting into the playoffs is considered a, is considered a success in my eyes because I think that's 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 the first goal in any successful season, get to the playoffs. That's, that's you know, once you're into the playoffs, like you say, each game's a coin flip um, to an extent. Obviously, you know, you still have home field advantage compared to the Super Bowl, but generally we've seen some shocking results going into sort of, you know, teams on the road going in and smash, smashing Bengals, for example. Um, the Titans against New England three or four years ago, so on and so forth. I think I'd still consider it a success because this team needs to needs to do that to 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 validate. And I think combined with your your real point about Jalen Hurts sort of being the guy and and really showing out the season, I'd be happy with that. I think same way I'd be happy that we're now going into Indianapolis despite a defeat that we're going to go in and win. It's sort of Obviously, we'll be gutted if we'd only win one playoff game. But I think you still have to look at it and go, well, the team is is building slowly but surely. The team's been built brick by brick, and and it's getting there slowly but surely. We've we've massively smashed expectations this season. I don't think we should then hold that against the team if they only do what we expected them to at the start of it. I think we should still be grateful for that. But I know a lot of fans out there will probably be disagreeing with with me and maybe you as well, um, saying that it's Super Bowl or bust. Um, <laughs> but we'll see, won't we? Um, Thanks for sticking with us, guys. We are we are now at the end. Um, we're just going to cover the the predictions part of the pod, as was usually my my uh, my only speaking part outside of answering Liam's great questions. Um, so let's get into it then. Um, I'll quickly. Oh, yeah, before we do that, update on the scores. Phil's uh, Phil's closed it closed the gap a little bit. I was uh, I was two points behind uh, Liam in last place, dreading putting Dallas Cowboys star in my Twitter profile. Claw it back a little bit. Under contentious circumstances, I will freely admit, but I have to take the wins wherever I can get them. And my outside the box was a defensive special teams touchdown. Now, you guys could be the judge. I didn't specify which team got the defensive special teams touchdowns. The guys didn't specify. Mick didn't put it in the graphic. So as far as I'm concerned, you can't take it away from me. There was a defensive special teams touchdown, so I'm taking it. So I've clawed one back. So I'm now on uh, 17 points. Liam's on 18. Mick's still got his healthy lead of 20 because, you know, I'm just keeping the uh, the midgets at arm's length. Um, <laughs> keep playing it, playing it safe or not. Sorry, I don't think you can say midgets, can you? <laughs> um, so let's go on to the predictions for Indianapolis then. I am going to kick off the first touchdown scorer. I feel like this is going to be an AJ Brown game. I feel like he had a quiet game last time. He's not going to like that. The Eagles not going to like that. Hertz is not going to like that. And uh, we're going to be feeding AJ Brown. He's going to have a game because there's not, like I said, there's no, there's no particular area of rush defense or pass defense. I think if we're going to win this, we have to play well. And I think he's our, he's our best player on offense now. Um, 
So let's feed him the ball. Let's get it to him. So he's going to get the first touchdown for me. Mick, who do you think will be the first Eagles touchdown? I feel like none of us ever get this, you know? Like nobody ever gets the points for this. I did. I got um, Sanders last week, I think. No, it was Hurts last week. No, no, Hurts last week. I mean the week before, sorry. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, with um, uh, Texans. Uh, Sorry, you made it done, yeah. Okay, Mm. I feel like I never get this. I'm going to I'm going to go different this week. I'm going to go for Watkins because no one's expecting Ooh. it. Redemption game. Redemption game. Fair enough. Um, Liam has gone for Jalen Hurts because you know recency bias. He thinks that Hurts is going to get another rushing touchdown. No two in a row. No, and but so no Liam, last week in your right. Knowing Liam though, he'll be he'll be lucky enough to to get that. Right. Next up, receiving yards, Mick. Go for it. I was thinking about doubling down on Watkins, but I think I'm going to go AJ Brown. He only had seven yards um, against the the um, Commanders, and I think he'll want to remedy that. Yeah, well, it seems as though we're all in agreement, so we might as well avoid that result altogether because we're all right or all wrong because both Liam and me have gone for AJ Brown as well. So, Great. Cheers, guys. <laughs> I was hoping my double down was going to be my Devontae Smith of last week, but never mind. Um, on moving on to rushing yards, I'll go first with this one. It's such a hard one because it feels like they've just been so up and down and because the rush defense for the Colts is pretty good. Um, it surely isn't going to be a rushing game. Um, so I'm going for 140 yards. Seems about middle of the park, seems about par. It's going to be in and around then, I hope. Um, I need, you know, it's the only one that we get closest to as well. Get a point for being closest. So I'm hoping that <laughs> I'm hedging my bets a bit. I'm playing the fence card with this one. Nick, <laughs> what's your rushing yards guess for this one? <laughs> I was wondering if the Eagles were going to try and overcompensate in the run game in this one because of how bad it was against Washington. You know, that sort of like try and balance the scales again and just go really run heavy on a team. Even though you know Indy's run defense is what tenth in the league, they only allow 110 yards um, on average. So uh, I'm I'm going to go high in this one. I don't usually I don't usually do that. So I'm going to go 170. I love it. I was just I was just trying to work out quick maths in my head. Seeing as we always seem to box Liam in, he's gone for 156. <laughs> so that makes sense that you would then go 15 above him. So he's now got a 30. He's got a 15-yard cushion between the way he can possibly write without. <laughs> Promise you, Liam, this is not deliberate. We'd, you know, I'm not. I'm not even looking at Liam's predictions on that. He's not honestly. You know, my I am obviously. Um, Look at my hands. You can see my hands. <laughs> um, right. Let's get on to the last last three um, number of sacks, Mick. Um, I said that I was going a bit aggressive, so I'll go first. I've gone for six. I just feel like Matt Ryan's there to be got at. I don't think it's Carson Wentz levels. I know we got nine against him. I predicted six in that game. So I feel like a more modest, uh, realistic approach for six in this game. Um, probably still optimistic because I know that the defensive line for uh, the offensive line for the Colts isn't isn't as bad or it, the situation isn't the same. But I just I just feel like he's there to be got at. It's only his second game back after being benched. What do you reckon, Mick? What's your what's your sack prediction? Yeah, did, did you see Matt Ryan rushing for like thirty-five yards or something against the Raiders? Yeah, there was it was just like it was like one big chunk play where the the field was just open, and Matt Ryan decided to 
<laughs> Mental. How, how run for it, and I've, I've never seen what Ryan run How long did that take? <laughs> it ran down quite a bit of clock. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, uh, I'll go for I'll go for three sacks on this one. Three sacks. Yeah. Liam, our resident leprechaun, has gone for four. So I'm guess I'm being the aggressive one, but that feels eerily similar to the predictions when I when I got it right on the uh, well, not right, but I was closest against Washington, where you guys went quite modest, and I was like, nah. He's there to be got out. Let's get him. And they did. Um, <laughs> just, a, just a flashback to cheer ourselves up about the, the, the good game we had against Washington. Um, so this may, last up, or well, last but not least, is the uh, is the outside the box, Mick. Um, do you have one ready or do you want me to go with Liam's and mine's first? Um, no, I can go. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just try and put something out there to manifest any reality. Um, I'm going to ask politely for Robert Quinn to 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 bring it home, to get home, um, and bring me a sack. Is is one sack enough for an outside the box, or do I need more? Do I need something more than that? Based on based on how he's been playing, it's on the line. But I'll give it to you based on the fact that he has been quite disappointing. So it will be a, a quite significant turn of events for him to to get that. Um. I mean, Liam's not here to veto it, but I'll let it go this time. I mean, I think I, I can't really be harsh on you considering of my outside-the-box fiasco from last week, so I'm not really in a position to to criticise. Um, my outside-the-box, and I think mine is definitely outside-the-box, is, um, and you, and I, this, this again, I will leave this up to you, Mick, to make a judgment call, but I've gone for either a Tyree Jackson or a Grant Calcaterra touchdown. I mean... I think previously I went for a Tyree. Don't we give you tight end touchdown? How about that? How's that sound? What's that? Any tight end touchdown? I suppose that's fair. Um, any Eagles, any Eagles tight end <laughs> touchdown to clarify <laughs> that one? Fair, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I could have got away with two and two and two weeks on the bounce technically, but I wasn't planning to this week. I generally did. Well, yeah, that's why I specified the players. So you've, you're the one who's given me that one. That's true. Um, Liam's outside the box. Let's have a look. Hurts to have over 420 total yards. Is that outside the box, Mick? Total yards. So not passing yards. Just, you know, all purpose. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Mm. If he hits it, I'm going to be fuming. For what I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels a bit un- uh, like we're not in a position to criticise. Um, last but not least, then score predictions liam's gone for 34 28 to the eagles i'm assuming yeah it is yeah definitely the eagles couldn't possibly go for a loss i have gone for a little bit more of a modest score i think it's gonna be 28 19 to the eagles what's your what's your score prediction mick did you say 28 19 i did yes yeah um i'm going i'm going to go something quite lowish as well i'll go maybe 24 24-12. Well, there you have it, folks. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, and now, you know, and now know how Liam manages to uh, make these podcasts quite long. It's just so easy to talk about the birds, even when they lose. We love talking about them, really, and we love bringing the Eagles content to you guys. Um, let's just hope for an Eagles win this weekend, eh, Mick? 
Yeah, we've yeah. back to winning ways. That's what we're used to now in this podcast. We are now above five hundred as a podcast, so that's nice. Uh, did you actually do the? Uh, yes, I, did. I, t- I totaled it up um, after we spoke what, about it. A what's our We are eighteen and sixteen in the regular season. If you include the playoff, we're eighteen and seventeen. That just goes to show how bad it was for us when we first started this podcast. I mean, the four eleven and one season for one. Is, is evidence enough how much we suffered so when people say oh got 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 get those eagles fans to pipe down again we we, we suffered a bit let's let us enjoy it you know but anyway thanks for tuning in guys um don't forget we've got a watch along coming along on the on the 11th of december for the giants game you know the way the season's shaping up to be this is going to be one hell of a game if you haven't already declared your interest there is a there is a a a google form in the in the whatsapp group if you're not in the whatsapp group but you fancy attending give us get, get in touch with us on twitter we'll, we'll send you the link to it get your interest registered get signed up to come down for a great game down in there in pasiank in waterloo mick is unfortunately on holiday with his family that week so i don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing whether he'd rather be traveling down to london with us or spending some quality time abroad with his family i don't know um but that's that's that going on um and i think i'm muffing up this under this podcast i'm going to wrap up there but thanks ever so much for listening guys and i will look forward to speaking to you guys again good night